Today's episode is sponsored by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BrainsOn. Just go to Indeed.com slash BrainsOn right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BrainsOn. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to BrainsOn, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. Boom, boom, pew, pew! What you doing, Agatha? Oh, hey, Molly. I was just thinking about Star Wars. I watched it last night. And you know how the lightsabers go, boom, and then shh. And the coolest part is when the Jedis use the Force and it's like, hmm, and they can move stuff with their mind. That was my favorite. Favorite. Oh, yeah, that is always so cool. Like Matilda in Roald Dahl's book, she can move stuff around just by thinking about it too. Or Magneto from the X-Men comics, he can make metal do whatever he wants. Yeah, through telekinesis. Right, that's the power to move stuff with your mind. Which is different from telepathy. That's the power to read minds. And telephony. What? That's the power to talk to other minds using a telephone. I have that power. Uh, Me too. Hey, did you know I also have telethemesis? Whoa, what's that? The ability to start the theme song just by thinking about it. Like this. Whoa, that was amazing. Yeah, I'm still figuring out how to fight crime with it, but it comes in handy as a show host. This is Brains On from APM Studios. I'm Molly Bloom, and with me today is Agatha from London. Hi, Agatha. Hi, Molly. So, Agatha, you asked us a very intriguing question. What was it? Can people actually read minds? So what made you think of this question? Uh, well, I kind of thought that maybe magicians could, like, know a magic trick to actually, like, know how to view what's inside people's minds, like to know if they're telling the truth or not. So do you wish you had the power to read minds? Yes, because then I would know, like, who's telling the truth if my sister's telling a lie or something. <laughs> so do you, do you think she's maybe fibbing sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> do you think it would make the world a better place or a worse place if people had the power to read minds? Um, well, if everybody had the power to read minds, it wouldn't make the world the best place because (laughs) you would know everything that people are thinking. But if specific people like police officers knew how to read people's minds, I think it would make the world a better place. Yeah. So like, what if your parents had the power to read your mind? Would that be useful? No, (laughs) completely not. (laughs) Does it feel sometimes like your parents can read your mind? Definitely. They kind of know when I'm telling the truth or a lie. (laughs) So maybe parents do have that power a teeny bit. So how about the power of moving things with your mind? Telekinesis. What would you do with it? Well, I would, because sometimes I can't get out of bed in the morning, I would (laughs) get my clothes from my wardrobe using my mind and bring them onto my bed so I could get dressed like that. 
Nice. So prolong that bedtime. I appreciate that. Yeah. (laughs) Are there other superpowers you wish you had? Flying, because then I could see the world below Mm. me. Like, know what's going on. Yeah, flying would be a very, very useful superpower. And you are not the only one to ask us about cool brain powers. We also got these questions. Hello, my name is Nadia from Sheffield, United Kingdom. And my question is, why can't humans have superpowers? I thought of this question whilst watching Spider-Man and I thought how exciting and fun it must be to have superpowers. My name is Frank from Estonia and my question is, is it possible to read other people's minds? This question came to mind because it always seems like my mom knows what I'm thinking. Those are such great questions. It's so fun to imagine having superpowers. Are our brains capable of more than we know? If I practice really hard, could I pick up my drink without using my hands? Man, that would be cool. I could tie my shoes in at the same time. Or I could talk right into my friend's brain and not get shushed at the library. You know, the idea of mystical brain powers isn't a new one. In ancient Greece, rulers would often consult seers or oracles to help them predict the future and make important decisions. These oracles were often thought to have special powers that let them communicate with the gods. And around a hundred years ago in Europe and America, performance stages were packed with psychics who claimed to be able to read minds. And in the 1920s and 30s in America, there were even psychics on the radio. Well, there are psychics who have TV shows today, so I guess I should have seen that coming. Get it? Nice one. And then there are spiritualists and mediums. Those are both names for people who claim to use their minds to contact spirits or ghosts. They lead parties called seances where people sit together in dark rooms and try to contact the supernatural realm. Spooky. Did someone call for medium? Whoa, who are you? (coughs) Where did all this mist come from? (coughs) Sorry, I travel with a smoke machine at all times. (coughs) (coughs) My name is Madame Sylvia, medium and mystic to the stars. I heard you mention a seance. What a supernatural serendipity. I'm just on my way to hold a seance of my own. Would you care to attend? Will there be ghosts? Will you read my mind? Oh, absolutely, my dear. Mm -hmm, For sure. Cool. Lead the way, Sylvia. It's so dark in here. Everyone join hands around the table. Be silent now. I feel the spirits are arriving. Yes, yes, I sense them in the room with us. Spirits, if you are there, make yourself known. Molly, something's thumping on the table. I just felt a ghost hand touch my face. The pictures on that wall are moving. I'm freaking out. Yes, very mysterious indeed. The spirits tell me many things. Ah, and my tummy is also telling me something. If you'll excuse me, all of this communing with the spirits has made me hungry. So we're just hanging out here with the ghosts, I guess? No need for alarm, friends. Whoa, who are you? 
Harry Houdini, legendary stage magician, at your service. Oh, holy cow, the guy who did all those amazing escape tricks? Who could pick locks with his toes? Who made an elephant disappear? The very same. I see you're familiar with some of my stage work. But I also did quite a bit of fraud debunking in my day. You see, around a hundred years ago, when jazz and the radio were both new, magicians, psychics, and seances were all the rage. But a lot of these performers used trickery to convince people they could communicate with dear departed family members. And they often duped folks out of lots of money for the privilege. Oh, that is extremely not cool. Thanks to my career in stage magic, I know just about every trick in the book. I even invented a lot of them. So I used to travel across the United States to watch these so-called psychics and mediums do their thing. And you know what? I never once met one who convinced me. I saw one performance where a psychic called Antonio the Amazing seemed to know everything about a fella in the audience. He even knew his favorite restaurant and the name of his dog. Whoa. Eh, don't be too impressed. It turned out the so-called psychic had a partner who followed this fellow around for a week before the show. After learning all kinds of things, the partner reported back to Antonio, who used the information to wow the crowd. Oh, more like Antonio the Underwhelming. But Madame Sylvia sure knows how to get the spirits talking, huh? Did you see the pictures move? I was a little scared. I was too. A ghost touched my face. Oh, don't worry, you two. There's nothing haunted going on here. Look under the table. There's a mallet controlled by a wire connected to the medium's foot. <laughs> when she taps her foot, it thumps the table. And the pictures on the wall, well, they're all moved by thin wires as well. Okay but I definitely felt a ghost hand. That was just a long silk glove stuffed with cotton. These fakers often have accomplices who sneak into the dark seance room and move things around or convince people they're touching something ghostly. Madam Sylvia, you are a fraud. All tricks? Thanks, Houdini. I guess she wasn't real medium after all. But speaking of talking with the dearly departed, didn't you, Harry Houdini, die way back in 1926? Yes, and appearing on this podcast is my greatest trick of all. How did I do it? I'll never tell. Farewell! Farewell! Hey, Agatha, that last bit reminded me of a joke. Did you hear about the very short spirit communicator who escaped from prison? No. She became a small medium at large. <laughs> Wordplay. Good stuff. Well, here's something that requires the superpower of close listening. It's the... Mystery sound. Here it is. What are your thoughts? I think that it's sparklers or fireworks, mm. like, going off. Or a somebody has thrown something into a fire and mm. it starts to burn. Something that reminds me of fire and fireworks. Excellent. Something combustible is what you're hearing. Well, we're going to hear the answer at the end of the show after the credits. Give you another chance to guess. So stick with us. Please. 
So Agatha, we've been talking about how people have used the idea of mystical brain abilities for entertainment purposes. And for shows that are really shady shams. But you know, entertainment isn't the only area where people have gotten super into psychics and mind powers. There's been serious research into it. Think about it. If we could find a way to harness the ability of mind control in some way, it could be so powerful. And if spies could read minds, it would make their jobs a lot easier. Yeah, I think I heard somewhere that there was a secret U.S. government research into brain powers that... Did somebody say secret? Like, secret agent? Which I am absolutely not. I am simply a regular person in a black suit and tie and sunglasses. Very normal. Nothing to see here. Yes, um, but if you were a secret agent, would you tell us about government research into brain powers? Oh, I... I would absolutely never tell you that in 1976, the Boeing Aircraft Corporation conducted a study where they determined that certain people appeared to be able to control a random number generator with their mind. This generator would spit out numbers, and these special people could make it spit out their chosen number through sheer willpower. Or so it seemed, but nobody has ever been able to reproduce these results, so I'm not sure what was bowing on over there. <laughs> wow. And I would never mention that from the 1960s through the 1980s, and even as late as 1996, government agencies were studying things like people seeing without their eyes and people moving objects with their minds. And they weren't even trying to determine whether homing pigeons used special senses other than their vision to find their way home. Because... If they were trying to do these things, that would be weird, right? But anyway, so far, nothing has shown that these things exist. So no psychic pigeons? That's probably for the best. They just read our minds to find out how to steal more fries from us at ballgames. Right. So remember, the government is definitely not interested in these things and definitely does not research them. But if they did, so far, they would have found zero proof that any super brain powers actually exist. The government was interested in this, but never found any evidence it's real. Got it. And I was never here. Right. You were never... Wait, where'd the agent go? Vanished. Wow, this episode is full of surprises. Indeed. Coming up, we'll tell you about some very cool, very real cutting-edge technology that could one day help people move things with their mind. So stay tuned. you ever want to see me, Mark, and Sandin sing, dance, and talk science in person? Well, now you can. We're going on tour. This spring, we'll be in Boston, Los Angeles, and St. Paul, Minnesota with our stage show, Your Brain is Magic. Come see us explain the wonder of the human brain and join us for magic tricks, games, and more. Get info at brainson.org events. And while you are there, we want to hear your favorite tongue twister. That's right. We're doing an episode about tongue twisters, and we want to hear you share one. Record yourself saying one of these tongue-tripping phrases and send it to us at brainson.org slash contact. Agatha, I'm just wondering, do you have a favorite tongue twister? Um, Peter Piper picked... I forgot it. Yeah, Peter Piper <laughs> picked a peck of pickled peppers. Peppers. Yeah, <laughs> I like that one. I find, you know what's a really hard one? You should try it. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Yeah, or red lorry, yellow lorry, red lorry, oh. yellow lorry, red lorry, <laughs> yellow lorry. 
That's the one I've heard of before. Those are tricky. <laughs> so please send us your favorite tongue twisters at brainzone.org slash contact. You could also send us drawings, mystery sounds, or questions like this one. Hi, my name is Summer from San Carlos, California. My question is, why do leaves change color only in the fall? To hear the answer, listen to our new podcast, Moment of Um. It's a daily bite-sized dose of cool facts. Yep, and stick around after our credits to hear the answer to the mystery sound and the latest group to join the Brain's Honor Roll. So keep listening. You're listening to Brain's On. I'm Agatha. And I'm Molly. And today we're talking about the idea of super brain powers. Like the ability to read minds or move things just by thinking about it. And while there have been plenty of people who claim they can do these fantastical things, so far there's no scientific proof they actually can. But that doesn't stop us from thinking about it. Right. We asked you all what you would do if you had the power to move things with your mind. Here's what you said. If I had telekinesis, I would take all the litter out of Earth and put it in recycling bins. Well, if I had telekinesis power, I will move stuff and I'll pick up stuff if someone's in danger. When I'm playing soccer, I'm usually playing goalie, so if the ball's going too high, I'd move it down to catch it. I would use my telekinesis to make cookies while I did my homework. I will take over the world. Hi, my name is Hannah, and if I had the power of telekinesis, it would be moving house. My name would be Houses Hannah, so I could move people's houses so they wouldn't have to move to a new one. I will move my whole house to Colorado, and I will have so much fun there. If I had telekinesis, I would grab the seeds from everywhere and plant it in different parts of the world. If I had telekinesis, I will use it to grab snacks. And also, as my parents said, well, you have to clean, clean your room before you watch TV. While I was eating dinner, I could just use my fingers and clean up my room during dinner and then watch TV after di- right after dinner. And I would use it to lift up my annoying brother whenever he acted annoying. I would have my toothbrush come to me in the morning and I'd have my clothes come to me so I don't have to be late to school and that I'm just chilling in my chair. And if I had the power of telekinesis, I would make a whole feast for me and my family. I'd stay on the couch all day and just wiggle my fingers and magic stuff towards me. I'd never have to move. Thanks to Quinn, Israel, Marcel, Margot, Linus, Hannah, Colt, William, Layla, Ikra, Sydney, Eileen, and Evelyn for those mind-bending answers. So very creative. Okay, so it's fun to think about, but it's a little disappointing. We can't really throw baseballs with our brains or read someone's mind after all. Don't give up hope yet, Agatha. Oh, hey, it's our pal Anna Goldfield. Wait, Anna, are you saying we could have awesome brain powers? Oh, yeah, kind of. Scientists are figuring out how to harness the powers in our brain to do things we only used to dream of. Turns out, you don't need mystical abilities to move objects with your mind. You just need a computer. BCIs hold so much promise. BCIs? Uh, big cool igloos? Bear cuddle island? Banana cookie icing? 
That sounds delicious, and I would absolutely visit Bear Cuddle Island. But BCIs are brain-computer interfaces. These are devices that help our brains talk to computers. So imagine if you could use your brain to just think about moving something, and then a computer made a robot arm move that thing for you. That would be very cool. Sounds like sci-fi. For a long time, it was. But scientists are making real progress turning this idea into a reality. One group that this could really help are people who have lost a limb, like a leg or an arm. Oh, right. So they could use a mechanical arm and have their brains tell it what to do. So how does this brain-computer interface stuff work? I spoke to one of the researchers working on BCIs, and she gave me all the juicy brain details. Ooh, juicy brains. Tell us everything. I'm Jen Collinger. I'm an associate professor at the University of Pittsburgh in the Department of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation. Yeah, so if we think about controlling movement, it really does start in the brain. Movement starts in the brain, even if I'm moving like my pinky toe? That's as far away from my brain as you can get. So here's the thing. That big old meatball between your ears is made of billions of special cells called neurons. Those cells communicate with each other by passing tiny little pulses of electricity back and forth. They also send electrical signals down your spinal cord, which starts at your brain and runs down your backbone, connecting to all the different parts of your body. That's the nervous system, right? Yes. So your brain sends signals through your spinal cord to tell your body parts to move. And your body parts also use the same path to send signals back to the brain about what they are seeing or feeling or smelling. Here's Jen again. So if we think about trying to generate a movement, what happens is that neurons in an area of our brain called the motor cortex become active. And then they send electrical signals down to the brainstem and through the spinal cord and eventually to nerves that are connected to your muscles. And this signals the muscles to contract, um, thus generating movement. So the spinal cord is like a super highway of body signals. Lots of important messages are sent through there. Yep. But sometimes an injury can damage the spinal cord, and then the brain and the body can't communicate. Our expert, Jen Collinger, works with people with injuries like this. What happens then? In that case, the line of communication to the body is cut off, like there's a gap in the path, and the electrical signal can't get where it needs to go. And that's where BCIs come in. A computer can fill in the gap between the brain and what it's trying to move. Okay, well, so that means the computer has to know what someone's brain is trying to do, right? So the computer basically has to read your mind, but how? So something that's really um, interesting is that when somebody imagines performing a movement, it actually generates really similar activity patterns to what are generated during actual movements. So if I imagine I'm raising my hand to high five you in my brain, It looks like I'm actually raising my hands and high-fiving you. Yes, and yes. High five. As long as you can peek at what the brain is doing, people can just think of movements and a computer should be able to figure out what the movement is. So how do you peek at the brain without having x-ray vision? We use tiny devices called electrodes. These look like little stickers and they can detect electricity. You put them all over someone's head, and these electrodes can sense what is happening in our electric meatball brains. Those electrodes are able to read which parts of the brain are lighting up with electrical signals when that person thinks really hard about, say, moving their arm up and down. So it is like reading someone's mind. 
That is so cool. The way that we calibrate our system is by having them try to imagine different movements while they follow along with you know, a, an arm and hand moving around on a computer screen. So our computer is moving it to different targets and um, grasping different objects. And we can record the movements of that virtual arm while the participants are imagining performing those movements with their own arm. So they're basically teaching the computer how to understand the brain's language. And as the person follows along with the computer, the computer reads what the electrical signals in their brain are doing and matches those signals with specific movements. Like when you're learning French and you learn that the sounds où est le pamplemousse mean where is the grapefruit. You can then communicate where is the grapefruit to someone who speaks French. Exactly. And here is the super amazing part. Once the computer has learned the specific language of a person's brain, the person can use a real-life mechanical robot arm that is also connected to the computer. They can focus really hard on the idea of moving their own arm up and down or side to side, and the computer recognizes what those brain signals mean and moves the robot arm for real. Even though we're not performing telekinesis, right? There's no visible force that is enabling people to um, you know, control objects across the room. We can decode those patterns of activity to uh, control a robotic arm so that people can you know, pick up and, and move objects um, you know, just by thinking about it. So Jen and other researchers are working to help people who have been injured. The goal is for the patients to be able to touch things and pick them up and move them with a robotic arm, just using their thoughts. And that's not all. So we can stimulate an area of the brain called the somatosensory cortex that typically receives that tactile input from your hand. And that can generate the feeling of touch even when the person's hand is not actually touching something. The people that we work with have had long-term spinal cord injury, and so their, their hand has been disconnected from the brain, and so we're able to generate those sensations. So not only could people control these robotic arms with their minds, they might even one day be able to feel what the hand is holding. Man, brain-computer interfaces are amazing. Even more amazing than Bear Cuddle Island. They really are. Who knew that we had such a cool ball of electric brain meat in our skulls? I'm going to go practice thinking really, really hard about flying. Maybe one day I can hook a computer up to my brain and float around. Mm, maybe one day. Who needs movie magic or stage trickery when we have such amazing brains? We've all got electric superpowers. Thanks, Anna. No problem, Molly. Throughout history, people have claimed that they had supernatural powers, but there's no proof we can move things with our brains or read people's minds. But with new technology, we are learning how to read the signals sent by our brains to the rest of our body. Scientists are using these inventions to help people with spinal injuries control machines with their minds. It's not supernatural, but I think it's pretty super. That's it for this episode of Brains On. Brains On is produced by Molly Bloom, Sandin Cotton, Mark Sanchez, Rosie DuPont, and Ruby Guthrie. Anna Goldfield is our amazing fellow whose superpower was writing this episode. We had engineering help from Mark Stroman, Jess Berg, and Derek Ramirez. This episode was sound designed by Eduardo Perez. Our executive producer is Beth Perlman, and the executives in charge of APM Studio are Lily Kim, Alex Schaffert, and Joanne Griffith. Special thanks to Robin Sulger. Brains On is a nonprofit public radio program. There are lots of ways you can support the show. You can donate, buy our books, or tell your friends about us. 
Head to brainson.org to find the links to donate and order the books. Now, before we go, let's go back to that mystery sound. Here it is again. Any new thoughts when you hear it this time? Um, actually, no new guesses. I actually think it's the same thing as before. Still something fiery, fireworks, log crackling, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ready for the answer? Yep. Hi, I'm Beatrice from Marinda, California. And that was the sound of me crawling on bubble wrap. I was crawling on bubble wrap because I could pop lots of bubbles at the same time. And it sounded like firecrackers. Pop, pop. Ah. So it was bubble wrap. Agatha, that was a great guess, though. Even Beatrice, who sent in that sound, thinks it sounds like firecrackers. So are you familiar with bubble wrap? Yeah, we have lots of those. Yeah. It does sound a lot like firecrackers. It's that little popping sound. Yeah, it does. It was hard to guess. It is a hard one. These are always so hard. Do you like to pop bubble wrap? Uh, yes, a lot. Whenever we get boxes, I've got bubble wrap. And I just, me and my sister just go, like, start jumping on it, <laughs> pressing it, popping it, and we can just do it for hours. It is so fun. If you have a mystery sound you want to share with us, you can do that at brainson.org slash contact. Everyone who sends a question, idea, mystery sound, drawing, or high five gets added to the Brains Honor Roll. Here's the most recent group of listeners to be added. May from Manchester, England. Asa from Conway, Arkansas. Matilda from Rochester, New York. Jackson from Redmond, Washington. Liberty from Sacramento, California. Rayner from Santa Cruz, California. Henry from Virginia. Audrey from Laurel, Maryland. Ella from Bunbury, Washington. Priscilla from Birmingham, Alabama. Jasmine from Henderson, Nevada. Frank from Tallinn, Estonia. Nyala from New Haven, Connecticut. Boston from Melbourne, Australia. Grady from Pilesville, Maryland. Sylvie from Winlaw, British Columbia. Nora and Jackson from Atlanta. Layla and Maya from Trophy Club, Texas. Texas, Rafa from Quezon City, Philippines, Roland from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, Adam and Salma from Amman, Jordan, Maya from Tel Aviv, James from Redondo Beach, California, Lauren from Wailuku, Hawaii, Ben and Roy from Los Angeles, Bryn from Fort Gratiot, Michigan, Isabella from Perth, Australia, Tally and Piper from Texas, Terilyn from Yakima, Washington, Seth from Pleasant Hill, Iowa, Carson and Alice from DuPont, Washington, Dylan and Neil from Naples, Florida, Kate from Rockingham, Virginia, Robert from Loganville, Georgia, Francilia from Mission, British Columbia, Levi from North Carolina, Coleman and Ruby from from Riverton, Utah, Landon from Castle Rock, Colorado, Yusuf from Ankara, Turkey, Alex from Saco, Maine, Parker from Swartz Creek, Michigan, Liam from Santa Rosa, California, Evelyn from Hillsborough, Oregon, Kayla from San Antonio, Texas, Fiona from Tacoma, Kabir from Burlington, Ontario, Laurel and Emily from Monument, Colorado, Genevieve, Patrick, Elizabeth, and Bo from Fitchburg, Wisconsin, Braden and Avery from Covington, Louisiana, Nelson from Fargo, North Dakota, Alia from Nevada, California, Michael from South Carolina, Hope from Elmira, Ontario, Nolan from Painesville, Ohio, Denton from Spokane, Washington, Oliver and Islet from Waltham, Massachusetts, Ava and Mila from Santa Clarita, California, Cedric from Evanston, Illinois, Luke from Buffalo, New York, Harry from Manchester, England, Maddie from Newton, Massachusetts, Aka from Burlington, Vermont, Sadie from Grand Prairie, Alberta, Henry from Durango, Colorado, Anna from Yorkton, Canada, Sebastian from Blenheim, New Zealand, Robert from Rockaway, New Jersey, and Jude from Los Angeles. We'll be back soon with more answers to your questions. Thanks for listening.